Way back in days of old, there were two men who told of products that were sadly discontinued. The hosts were Matt and Chris, no better pair than this. From shows to toys to food that has once been chewed. Now, at last begin a new episode. Epic, wild, entertainment overload. So, Hazan Tally Ho, sit back now, here's the show. It's discontinued on display. Welcome in to Discontinued On Display. I think we just need to end the episode because I don't think anything we talk about from this point on will top that. <laughs> My name is Matt, and joining me as always is Chris. Hi, everyone. Uh, wow. Gosh, that was that was powerful. Yeah, how long did that take you? Um, not as long as you would think. I, yeah. have, a, I have a good mind for parody stuff. Okay, okay. Nice. Um, well, today's episode uh, we are pretty excited about because it is a fan request. I, I'm so excited! Oh, I'm a bad. Oh, I'm a bad host. One second. I want. Uh, no, no worries. I'll, I'll I'll vamp a little bit while you're looking. Vamp. Um, uh, it, so this is the, the the biggest reason we're excited is this is a fan request from not our mothers or uh, like a, a close close uh, you know member of the family that listens to our podcast out of pity or something like that. Um, so I, I believe Chris is looking up who sent us Found this. Um, okay, this wonderful. is um, Reef. Or at Hatter Pan on Twitter um, tweeted at us with uh, "Hey, discontinued pod, how about Gallivant?" Um, and they tagged ABC in this too. So like, hey ABC, hire us. Um, well, maybe hire Chris. I don't know if I can come. I'm not as good at writing lyrics. <laughs> well, I mean, don't hire me to write lyrics, but hire Matt and I to do a TV show together. Oh, okay. See, um, see? what would our TV? Sh- oh, would we be running a museum? I feel like we could do a museum comedy. We could either do a museum comedy or we could have our own talk show. Oh, oh, like like a- uh, like daytime, like uh, you know, the three p.m. time slot on Tuesdays. I don't want to be Ellen. I thought we could be like Jimmy Kimmel or something. Oh, late night. Granted, I don't know. Do the late night hosts because those are live. I don't know if I want to be up that late. Yeah, that 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 sounds that sounds not fun. That doesn't sound like something I maybe would want to do. Uh, okay, but- pause. Did you know that Nick Cannon has a daytime talk show? I, you know what? I'm not surprised. Yeah, and it's like okay. The reason I know this is because I was working one day and the TV was on, uh, like in the main area that I was walking into to get a cup of lemonade, and. It, it was the most wild show I have ever seen. There's like a DJ that's like mixing things. It, it is. There are some weird people. It was people. the craziest thing in the world. There are some weird people who have daytime shows. Kelly Clarkson has one. I don't know why. I love her, but I don't know why Rachel Ray has one. I mean, why? Do, I mean, Steve Harvey has like 15 daytime great. shows. That's <laughs> another great example. Steve Harvey. Like, I, I don't know. But then again, I'm not at home. Like, I guess I'm not that demographic, so... Yeah, I'm not the one that's watching daytime TV. So I guess to it, like, 
Like, when I hear that Kelly Clarkson and Nick Cannon do these things. Oh, Drew Barrymore just got one. Really? Yes, Drew Barrymore has a, a, a daytime show. And I don't, she's a genuine actor. Like, she's in movies. Like, what yeah. should she be doing? But, like, I also get it because now they have to pander their daytime shows to our generation who remembers these three from their singing careers, their their rom-coms. They're, like, I so I get it to an extent. And just to us, it's like, Really? <laughs> but that because we're not the that we're not the people that they're trying to get to watch those shows. We aren't setting our alarms for 3 p.m. going. I, my, I was telling my boss, I got to get out of work. I got to go home and watch Ellen or I got to go home and watch Rachel Ray or. Oh, I'm sorry. You want to have a meeting? I, I can't. I know I work from home and I shouldn't be anywhere, but that's when Ellen is on. <laughs> I got to mm. watch the Wendy Williams show. <laughs> that's getting canceled. Yeah, I, I, for a whole bunch of reasons, but I'm sure. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, so um, uh, so thank you. Uh, thank to... you, Reef. It w- it literally made my day when I saw it. I was like, oh, finally. Well, and it, I completely forgot that this show existed, and I watched this show. I it, did it, too. And so when when you when you said this to me, I was like, oh my gosh, I remember this show. And I think is this the first time that we have a show on this season that both of us have actually like watched and seen? Yes, actually. So. Um, this will be this will be a new discussion because both of us have have yeah. seen this. So, Chris, for those of for those people that have no idea what Gallivant is, describe it for us. Um, Gallivant is a musical comedy parody TV show uh, that took place in the and this is I've there's I'm gonna bring it up later. At, I'm sure at some point, but there is another show that's also that fits that very niche genre, and the thing that baffles my mind is they're both 30 minutes so gallivant and this other show i'm talking about called crazy ex-girlfriend which we're not talking about today but a fun show um were 30 minutes long and these people who worked on these shows and specifically gallivant were able to create an actual narrative that you can follow that had a break for like two to three songs an episode like how they could pull that off boggles my mind but it's um set in a fantasy universe where this big beautiful excruciatingly stereotypical and they lean into the stereotypes that's part of the charm of the show um hero has to go save his the love of his life magdalena from the evil tyrant king who i want to say if i remember right his name is richard king richard Richard, yes you're correct um and along the way he makes a he has a he gets he picks up a sidekick and then there's this the thug and there's a court gesture and all the other really stereotypical things and they sing these really funny songs that are all original but are parodying the concept of fantasy um and they blatantly acknowledge that they are on a tv show several times and it's it's very charming it's very cute alan menken did the music yeah i mean that like right there and the music like i genuinely have one of the songs from the from the show from season two on my eye or on my phone. I love it. I jam out to it all the time. Yeah. And this comes out, um, you know, the, the Gallivant is, is coming out in the mid season break of when once upon a time was in its heyday. Um, and I, I think that's how I remember getting, getting hooked on it was because I watched once upon a time, me and my wife did. And so then, you know, just by default, you watch Once Upon a Time, then you see the advertisements for Gallivant. You go, you know what? That was like something I'm into. And so we we watched it. And yeah, it was the same thing of like, this is really, it's it's this really fun, quirky thing that I think definitely rode the wave of, 
you know, it has that once upon a time feel, but yeah. it's a sillier kind of thing. Whereas once upon a time is your heavy drama and intrigue. Whereas this was just silly and fun. And I, what I love about it is it was, it wasn't supposed to be a forever thing. It's only supposed to be a mini series. And then in the middle of it all, they got renewed for a second season and they were like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which um, I still think they pulled off really, really well. Cause again, you know, I've talked about that as criticism for for some of the shows that we've talked about. Heroes was the most recent one that we talked about where they had a good idea for one season and then we're like, oh, shoot. And then, you know, kind of just bombed the seasons after that. Whereas this, the second season was just as fun and just as good. Well, what they do really good in season one at the very end, and they do it at the end of season two as well, um, is they pretty much go, ah, we might not be back. But so they try to tie up as much for you as they can while leaving one thread that doesn't need to be tied up, but that could pull you into a new story. And that's what I appreciated was the, and I mean, in the whole, the intro, the new intro song they write for season two, they pretty much flipped the bird to all the critics that were like, eh, we're not canceled. I think the first episode was called Beating the Cancellation Bear or something. Something like that. Um, it reminds me of the Muppets movie sequel, Muppets Most Wanted, where the opening song is all about, you know, we're doing a sequel. <laughs> Um, it, 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 and, and it very has that, it has kind of a Muppets, you know, self-awareness to it. The Deadpool breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. Um, it, I, I think, you know, when, when you hear it's a fantasy show, there's a sect of people that are automatically like, I'm out. I don't like the fantasy genre and I get it. Like, uh, you know, this was a big thing when Game of Thrones was at, at its highest popularity. I know there were a lot of people that I talked to that were like, yeah, I'm just not watching it because, I, I just don't like stories like that, which is fine. Like, that's okay. But uh, um, I think that's why people were kind of maybe staying away from this. And then I know the musical aspect of it as well. There's a certain sect of people that are like, don't even get me involved in anything that's got singing in it. I don't like that kind of stuff. And so you, you just kind of, you know, alienate some fans I, I, incorrectly by on their part. But. And then Galavant, actually, I'm glad you brought that up. I didn't think about that connection, but Galavant overlaps with uh, Game of Thrones. Hmm. Gal Game of Thrones started in 2011. Galavant started in around 2014, 2015. Wow. Interesting. And th the other thing that I, I remember from this, too, is that they had a... The, the cast was... Very, very talented. Mm -hmm. And they got some big name people. I mean, the 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 one that probably most people would recognize would be um, Timothy Omenson, uh, who plays King Richard. Um, if you were a fan of the show Psych, he was um, Detective Lasseter. Um, well, and then they got a bunch of really oh. strange big name cameos like weird al comes down weird a bunch al Yankovic of is like like in this movie he's a, a the it's the he's uh, one it's of the, the monks one of the, the monks, monks that yes that has taken a vow of singing which is again that's funny that's like a, a monks that have taken a vow of singing that's hilarious they got um, uh, lord grantham from downton abbey was in it kylie minogue was in it um, Ricky Gervais plays Xanax, a magician who helps Richard remember a formative event from his childhood with a psychedelic therapy session. Like that's hilarious. <laughs> um, uh, it, 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 John Stamos is in there. Uh, you know, they, they have a lot of, of, of fun people in there. And uh, the story also, it starts out 
as kind of your stereotypical mm-hmm. story and you think, oh, this is how it's going to go. And then they pull out the twists and turns on all of this. Like yeah. this, this does not go the way you think it is. You think this is a normal like, okay, yep, the king stolen his girl and now he's got to go rescue her and from the, you know, silly king. But that's it it starts out that way and you're like, oh, "Okay, this is how it's going to go." And then it very much does not go that way. <laughs> it was really, yeah, I I loved and that's what I liked about it is, you know, they they took your traditional story and they decide, "Okay, well, how can we make it different so what they're coming back for isn't just the really catchy songs, which was the something songs to go were back for. Wonderful. But it did make you go, oh, okay, cool. They're doing something a little bit different and the comedy is good. And sometimes maybe it was a little, like a lot of critics said it's predictable, but like charming. And I mean, yeah, but you said the key word, it was charming. Even if you knew the punchline was coming, you still laughed. Well, it, it, I think I'm going to make this comparison again. It's very much like the Muppets where you know the punchline they're going to make. You know the joke they're going to make. I mean, th- there was a whole episode that George George Burns uh, uh, guest stars on where they make the joke over and over again, Gonzo fiddles while George Burns. And every time it's funny. <laughs> and you, you okay, yeah, the, the humor is telegraphed, but that doesn't mean it's not funny and charming. No, um, absolutely. But I, I love in the plot that it's it's the you know the quote unquote supposedly damsel in distress is actually like uh, the, the handful the bad guy. yeah the bad guy <laughs> that she's just interested in in power and money and doesn't I just actually... love the I've come for you yeah I'm good yeah I'm good <laughs> in like the record scratch moment um and then that's that's their carry through point at the end is that I so this is where I have to go full disclosure I never finished Galavant. Oh, no. I fell out of it pretty early into season two. I don't remember the last episode I watched. I just never went back to it. And I never felt like drawn to go back to it. Well, um, and and when there's not a continuing story, like when you when you hear it's, you know, not coming back for a season three, I, I understand the motivation of like, ah, no, I don't really need to. I don't think get- I realized they weren't getting a season three. I think hmm. I just kind of fell out of it. Yeah. Um, but I have like caught up in like that at some point, mag- the, 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 uh, who should be the damsel in distress gets magic powers and yeah. like wants to go. And like, that's how the season ends is she goes to become a dark sorceress. Yeah. Um, and everyone else's stories are all neatly wound and they go, we might be back. We don't know. Yeah. Good yeah. luck. Yeah. We'll see. Um, and, and what, what a, what a way to write, like, to be like, you know what? I'm just going to throw in here. We don't know if we'll be back or not. Who cares? Um, so, I mean, that's really, you know, from a cliffhanger standpoint, this is probably the least cliffhangery uh, uh, show that we've had, but it's, it's the, it's the, you know, magic part that is probably the biggest cliffhanger is, is what that happens, is. what, with what happens with her magical powers now. And I mean, King Richard has become the one true king because of, you know, pulling the sword and all that jazz. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of interesting stuff there but it it, to me it was similar to like the ending of you weren't here for this discussion but for the we were talking about teen titans Mm -hmm. and how that ended in a way that a lot of people were like it's a cliffhanger and a lot of people like no it's not where it's like the cliffhanger is is they're going to keep having adventures or the end is they are going to keep having adventures you're not going to know the ending to every single story and that kind of almost feels like how gallivant ends like everyone you're going to worry about you know where what's happening to them. You know that 
Magdalena's run off to become a sorcerer. You know that um, Richard is the true king and he got married and this person got married. Like everyone gets what they deserve and what they want. And the sidekick and Gareth are going to go off and have an actual adventure. And Magdalena's probably going to end up causing some problems <laughs> and being a villain. And like, like, so you can sit back and I feel like satisfactorily know, okay, that, that universe, that world, those characters are going to be full and happy um, in whatever bucket evil or good they, they have been put in. Yeah. It's not like you've, you've ended on, on a cliffhanger of, Oh, someone is is dying. Are they going to live? Yeah. Um, like you, you have it, it wraps up pretty, pretty well, which, again, I think the writers of the show knew what they were doing. of like, hey, listen, we're playing with house money at this point. And so we'll leave the door open if we have to do a season three. But we're also not counting on that. So let's not purposefully put our fans through yeah. a a massive cliffhanger if we don't think we're going to get. Uh, if we don't think we're going to get renewed. Um, and I, I guess that Alan Menken also wants to make it a stage musical. I mean, I, it, I don't know if it's continue it or like truncate season one and make it its own show, which I mean, that would be like Monty Python and the Holy Grail is a successful musical. And that's what that is. Yeah. Oh, and, and parody stuff is, is, is still at an all time high. I mean, family guy is a, you know, has been, it has been making a living off of that for 20 seasons. And I mean, how many shows are out there of parodies? How many times does a school on a snow day do a parody of some pop song putting in, you know, snow day and it goes viral because, oh my gosh, we love, this is so funny. And look at this, look at this parody. Um, I mean, like there's a, there's a new musical TV show that just happened. That was, again, it was a big parody. It was on Apple TV. It was called Schmigadoon. Yes. I love, I've never seen Schmigadoon. I've only heard the soundtrack and I loved the soundtrack because I'm a theater man. I mean, you would love it too. Yeah. Because you, you played uh band pit, orchestra pit for musicals in college. Like the nods they do to shows, you're just like, that's bloody brilliant. Yeah. Um, And that's kind of how I felt watching uh, when I would watch Galavan. I was like, that's, that's brilliant. This is, I'm here for this. I am having a, a lot of fun. Yeah. Hang on. I, I, I had something and then I forgot. Mm, you've lost it. It's okay. While we wait for Matt to find whatever it is he lost, let I me mean, take you to eBay. I don't find it. No, no, oh, keep e looking. eBay. Um, eBay was kind of funny. Um, the highest price thing you can buy for Galavant on eBay, um, all of them are autographed photos. Oh, every single one. Guess whose is the most expensive? Um, uh, I have no idea. It's Magdalena. Okay, I guess I could see that. It's um, they're the two most expensive are her, um, and they're both signed. One's one seventy five, one is one twenty five. Uh, the next cast member is uh, Gallivant. It seems a little high at one twenty, and then they start, and then from them they drop down very drastically. Oh, there is a Hugh Bonneville signed one, which he was in one episode, which I find hilarious. He was yes. the Pirate King. Otherwise. It's the main like four or five players. Mm -hmm. um, and there's no product. It's literally all that's all eBay's got is autographed photos. And um, what are they? The DVD sets. Which makes sense. I mean, this wasn't a show that garnered enough support to really get to the merch. Yeah, really get it. to the merch. Because and even 
I would say network TV shows have got to really take off to have merch and have actually a market for merch. I mean, I'm thinking about something like, um, oh, what's a, a super popular, sh- like, like law and order, um, yeah. law and order is a super popular show, but you don't see people walking around with law and order shirts on. Well, wait a minute. Now I'm going to look. You can get the 20 action figure set <laughs> featuring a real courtroom. Oh, it's all, it's all, it's all DVDs. I should have known. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The most expensive thing is like a giant DVD box set for law and order. Not, we're not doing a law and order episode back to Gallivant because that, this just is a very boring search to be going down is the law and order <laughs> box sets on eBay. Um, the sad thing is, is uh, the reason Gallivant lost steam. I'm proud. I'm part of the problem is it, their viewership dropped pretty drastically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which again, I think that was part of it is it was fun, but it was like, oh, it, that's cute. I like that, but there's something but else it, I could go do. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it didn't it didn't have like a real it, it was it was too niche. I think that was that was the thing. It was a very, very niche market. And I, I almost think it was one of those I don't want to say mistakes. But like, okay, we got to have something in the midseason break here with our huge show once upon a time. What do we throw in here? Some executive gets like three scripts put in front of him and like, you know what? This one seems fun. Go for it. I mean, I think it's also the curse of musical TV shows. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I think musical anythings off of a stage are dangerous. I think musicals on stage are dangerous sometimes. Um because it's a delicate balance. And when you have 30 minutes al- only to tell really a story. Because, exactly. You know, yeah, because you have to have ads in there. And then if you take like a two to three minute song, you're that's roughly, that's somewhere between six and ten minutes of your airtime is devoted to a song that theoretically does not advance your plot. And if it does, it's it's a little bit. To make it work the way Gallivant did in both season one and season two and other shows like Schmigadoon uh, or Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, they do it all. They they do it well, but it's really hard to pull off. They're not the first people to do it. There are a lot of other shows that have tried this this bit, and it's so hard to make stick. And I think that's why like Gallivant and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend did this, too, when that was on uh, The CW they blatantly poked fun at what they were and what they were doing, probably because they got told by hundreds of thousands of executives that this was a stupid idea. It was a stupid premise. They wanted nothing to do with it. And here's all the examples of when this didn't work. Didn't she like the main actor? Is it Rachel? um, Rachel Bloom. Rachel Bloom. Didn't she win an Emmy? She won a Golden Globe. Golden Globe. That was it. She won a Golden Globe for her, the first season of crazy ex-girlfriend. Um, which she wasn't expecting to do. And now I got to know, um, who did Rachel Bloom beat for her Golden Globe? Like, she would have been up against some players. It's like when I hear in 2011 that a Manor yeah. Muppet won the Academy Award for Best Original Song. I wonder what the other songs were. <laughs> she was up against Julia Louise Dreyfus for Veep. Oh, she was up against Jamie Lee Curtis in Stre- Scream Queens, Lily Tomlin and Grace and Frankie. <laughs> and she was again up against Gina Rodriguez, who I'm not that familiar with, um, nor have I seen the show Jane the Virgin, but I've heard Jane the Virgin was good. Like she's up My against- wife watched it and she likes it. Um, I've heard it's a great show. But yeah. 
even with like take G- take Gina Rodriguez out of it, who I'm sure is lovely. Rachel Bloom was up against three of the biggest names in comedy and entertainment at the yeah. Golden Globes and won. Yeah, yeah, and and those and the, I mean, and even were... Patti Lapone, who is like the queen of Broadway, went on. She was on that the Andy Cohen show. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And she was like the only person who knows how to do a filmed musical is Rachel Bloom, hands down. No one else can do it right. Wow. To have like a musical, an icon of Broadway and musical theater to openly say the only person who's ever done it right is that person like that. That is saying something. Well, it it is it is hard. TV's hard because you're trying to not so much now with streaming. It would be it would be weird to watch something if it was a liquid. I don't think it would work very well. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know now a streaming service you can make niche things mm-hmm. because you know you're looking you have people that are looking for niche things that they can take off on network tv you're not looking for niche things you're looking i mean that's why law and order is to go back to that i didn't anticipate doing this much law and order is one of the more popular shows because it just appeals to everyone like if mm. if you were to walk into a party and they had on law and order you're not going, oh, oh, this show? You you watch this trash? Like, uh, like it, it, most people are just like, eh, whatever, it's Law & Order. How many uh, parties do you go to? <laughs> okay, and then zero. my follow-up question is, how many parties <laughs> do you walk into where Law & Order is on? Okay, okay, um, bad example. You're, you're in college, and you walk into your friend's dorm room, and they're watching Law & Order. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're not like repulsed by it or like oh my gosh I can't stand to watch this like you know you might sit might sit down and watch a little bit of it like everyone understands that kind of show it's why there's Law and Order and Law and Order SVU and Law and Order you know Criminal Intent and you know all the Law and Orders out there it's the same reason why like NCIS works you know and NCIS Los Angeles and New Orleans you know CSI went through a big big run of that where it was CSI and CSI Miami and CSI New York and it because it it just appeals to a broader audience Mm -hmm. where when you bring along something unique it you're automatically kind of taking out a portion of the pie and I'm not saying that again I think people should open up their minds and watch something try to watch something original and not just watch the same stuff that you've seen over and over and over again. Yeah. But, uh, I, I think that, that you're, you know, you sometimes you're just, you're just dealing with people and you're taking a big chunk of the pie that just won't watch it based on what it is. That's absolutely, uh, the downfall with stuff like that. And I, I know with like crazy ex-girlfriend, she says this in her acceptance speech and I get, I loved that show. And again, I didn't finish it. Um, and I have an opinion as to why, and we'll, I'll come, I'll circle back to it. Um, she said she had been rejected by every single studio. I think Showtime had picked it up to do it, and then they changed their minds on her. And she had um, a producer at the CW said, "Oh, this is cute. Well, let's try this." And she she went for four seasons. Which, like, let's be honest here. Not every show is going to be the, you know, 10, 15, 20 season, like four seasons of a network TV show. If you were to tell me that you're going to write a TV show and it's going to be on TV for four seasons, I'd be ecstatic about that. 
Absolutely. Especially if some, again, something that's niche like that. And then this is, this is what, circling back, this is what I think the problem is. I don't think a musical comedy TV show has the legs to be more than a miniseries. Now, I'm not saying that miniseries can't last more than six episodes. Like, I think it can get somewhere between 10 and 20 and be happy, pappy, and fine. But I think there's a certain level of expectation. I can't fathom how Alan Menken wrote so many songs, or for that matter, Rachel Bloom, or the people who did Schmigadoon. Schmigadoon and Rachel Bloom, I'll give, because they did general parodies of actual songs. Like, Rachel Bloom did a parody of You Got Trouble, um, or she did I Kissed a Girl and I Like It, but she did it in her own weird way that fit in the narrative of the story. So creatively, she has a jumping off point. Shows like Gallivant, they're not making fun of existing songs. Like, they'll, they'll use styles and stuff, but they're not making a blatant parody of You Got Trouble Right Here in River City. So to me as a creative individual, that is an overwhelming process and how Alan Menken lasted as long as he did to me is a marvel. I mean, Alan Menken is a genius. Have you heard there is a... There's a rumor in St. Petersburg? I mean, have you heard there's a rumor in St. That's not Alan Menken, right? No, I don't think, I don't think that's Alan Menken. No, I just, uh, I, I just, every time someone says, have you heard, my brain immediately goes, have you heard there's a rumor in St. Petersburg? I have a thing like that and it's, and it's from, uh, it's from the musical, I think I've told you this before, it's from the musical Ragtime. And yes, yes. yes and there's a, there's and a song. I have it. And there's a song called Success. And one, and so the, the that's kind of like the chorus, and it's talking about like businessmen that are like real businessmen are that are you know making um uh, uh that are making um uh you know big successful businessy things, and so the chorus is success, and then it goes into a verse of I'm J P Morgan, the wealthiest man in the world, or something like that. And so anytime I hear the word success, I immediately think I'm J P Morgan, and it really throws people off. Okay, now I need to know we are we are very much going off the rails here. I'm down another rabbit hole. Who did the music for Anastasia? Who wrote that music? Um, well. I I have no I don't even know how we got here. Um okay, have you heard is this I I remember oh. where we come. I'm following this. I'm following it. Thank you. Uh uh have you heard there is a ride in Tokyo Disney that is Sinbad's adventure and Alan Menken wrote a song for it. Have you heard that song? No, I haven't. It is the most amazing song in the world. I love it. I love everything about it. If I ever go to Tokyo Disney, I am going to love Sinbad's little ride where I can listen to the song by Alan Menken. You should absolutely. I'll go find uh, it. Yes. Yes. Um, but anyway, my, my, my original point, thank you for helping me find the train of thought. Um, the train left the station and I fell off the caboose, but I caught up. Um, Oh, oh my gosh, what a connection. Uh, Stephen Flaherty is the guy who did, uh, uh, whatchamacallit. Uh, Anastasia? He, Anastasia. Oh my god, who is Stephen McFlaherty? Uh, not McFlaherty, just Flaherty. Uh, he wrote the music music for the musical Ragtime. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow, and, that, uh, that worked far too well. Yeah, yeah, and Susical it looks like. Um, but anyway, it's, okay. the, wow. I think that they hold up so well, it, it, they're so cute and they're so enjoyable. And it's, it's almost like, I feel like a palate cleanser to what we normally get fed. I think that's part of what made Gallivant so fun is this is different. 
They are acknowledging it. They're acknowledging the BS of TV politics. They're having fun. It's catchy. It's cute. Um, they're breaking certain tropes. It was it was great. And once you start to tr- stretch it, it's going to start to... Holes are going to start to show up. And I think partially that's why I fell out of watching it was, oh, okay, cool. It's it's more of the same and I don't need that anymore. I don't need that that refresher. Um, and that's kind of what happened with me and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Okay. Um, I did not finish Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I also thought she started to jump the shark a little bit. Um, and then she did the heinous thing. I understand why this happened, but um, for those of you who aren't familiar with Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, uh, she had cast Santino Fontana. I think I said okay. his name right. The guy who played Prince Hans in Frozen. Yes. To be her main love interest in season one. And at the end, and at some point, I think in season two, he leaves the show. Um, and they introduce a new foil for her, or a new like love interest foil, who was on Once Upon a Time. And they bring Santino's character back, but they don't bring him back. Ah. I'm 90% sure it's because he was doing Tootsie the Musical. Ah. But at the same time, I, I've, n- I've not watched that season where he comes back. I'm sure she acknowledges it. She always, she would have. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Um, so, so uh, you know, this is where you usually go, should this come back? I, you're, you're obviously in like the no, it shouldn't. But let me pitch a way that maybe this genre could come back. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I, I want to oh, clarify sorry. something. I don't, you're right. I don't think Gallivant proper should come back. I think the concept of musical comedy TV shows is amazing. I think we need to leave. I heard they're going to do a second season of Schmigadoon. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Keeping them as miniseries. That's great. That's wonderful. That's chef's kiss. Excellent. Give me a whole series of like, if you want to start something, start a program that is literally miniseries musicals that have the same cast who rotates through it. Like, like almost like American horror story. That was going to be my pitch is like, yeah, on American horror story, we have the same cast and, but yet the story changes every season. And even like you could bring in different, you know, people to write the, the songs, you know, this season, it's this person, this season, it's this person, whatever. Um, but that, that, that to me is where this, this works is kind of, I don't think anthology is the right way to say it, but like that each season is its own contained thing, but like, but it's all kind of in the same genre, very similar to what American horror story was where it's all in the same genre you kind of know what's going on, but each season is its standalone thing. And honestly, frankly, this sounds like something Ryan Murphy would do. I mean, it, uh, I, I think, and and now you can throw this on a streaming service, have a full thirty minutes where you don't have to worry about ads, or have a full forty-five minutes. I don't care. Like you could with streaming now. You That's can... how I watched both Gallivant and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Was I watched it on streaming? Even though mm-hmm. when I watched Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and I think Gallivant, definitely Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, um, it was being aired live on the CW. I just waited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These both these shows came out in the. very much the like turnover of you can get it next day on abc.com 
Um, but like streaming services weren't really a thing. Like Netflix was out there, but you know, there wasn't all the streaming services that there were today. So it was in that weird period of, of where we were getting out of live T, you know, having to sit down and watch live TV, but also not having 100% access to everything. Whereas now again, like you can, you can easily throw all this stuff on, whatever platform and make it it doesn't have to be your flagship uh uh series but something that that can give people content you know that's the big thing right now with all of these streaming services is you have to have enough content that people want to keep paying for it and so you can't always have like the a list here's our flagship thing you Mm -hmm. have to have some of these like smaller supporting things that people go oh i like this um you know i have some disney plus shows that are like that i'm like this isn't the greatest thing ever but i'm enjoying it yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna you know keep watching this and uh, you know and so I, I think it's possible it's possible to do that i mean absolutely one of my favorite i, I really like this one show that they do over in england called uh the goes wrong show it's based off of one of my favorite plays called the play that goes wrong <laughs> it's the same cast of people and I mean, the bit is that they are a group of people doing plays and you see a different play that goes wrong every week. But it's funny to watch them change who's playing kind of what role and how their dynamics change. And I think in a show that had that style of gallivant of we are aware what we are, we know how we are perceived, we have one of the best composers of our generation writing our music, we are going to do different shows every year. And we will shuffle around and we can do these stupid bits like, wait, weren't you the, aren't you the bad guy? No, no, that was a, that was, that's another show. We're getting, like, that's funny. That's cute. And I think that has the potential to keep the magic of the show alive. So I hope, Reef, I hope you're not mad that Matt and I have pretty much said Gallivant should not come back. Because I know I appreciated it while I was on. I really did enjoy it. Yeah, I I think it's, I, I think it's a great concept. I think now it just needs to be brought into the modern age. That that I don't think that show is going to work on a network TV anymore. I think it's it's absolutely tailor made for a streaming service. Absolutely. All right. Well, anything else before we uh, close up the museum for the night? I got nothing else, and I did not write a closing song. Oh, so <laughs> that's okay. I didn't good. either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt, where can they find us? Uh, you can email us at discontinuedondisplay at gmail uh, uh, Twitter at discontinued pod. Uh, again, you could tweet an idea at us and we probably like 99% says we'll probably listen because we, we love when we get, uh, people we do, saying, genuinely. Yes, and I absolutely. also, I apologize, uh, too. Cause I'm, I, I texted Matt the day I saw this. I'm horrible at checking the Twitter. I'm horrible at checking social media. I really need to get better about it. So I'm so sorry that it took me a hot second to see your request. Uh, but know that it was still in my heart. Um, and I was so happy to immediately change what we were recording today. Oh, yeah. To uh, put you and your suggestion here. Um, Instagram, at discontinued on display. <laughs> <laughs> Just launch right back into it. Um, I forgot. I had to, had to keep on task. Um, you can check out sorcerernetwork.com, um, the, the new home for our podcast and uh, Beers and Ears as well as other content that is forthcoming. I'm working on an article right now. I started it 
two days ago and just kind of piecing it together. Um, very excited about it just to kind of, you know, I'm, I'm starting out some different content and everything like that, but our, everything's organized by season. Uh, and, and, uh, I, I talked to somebody the other day, we recorded with a guy on beers and ears who said the long Furby episode is his son's favorite episode. It's like, like it, like he listens to it often. Like it's, it's, (laughs) that'll make, that'll make Jen, a yeah. very very pleased patty yeah i feel like that would that will make her heart and i mean she's probably listening to this so jen there you go i hope that i hope that like yeah. warms yeah. your heart this day that you've made you made someone's child like is it like they he he loves it so see that um, that makes me laugh because i think of like things i watch all the time as a kid like i watched clue the movie on repeat i watched chicken run on repeat and these are things that um if chicken god i wish chicken did you see they're redoing chicken run they're making a new one i i didn't they're making a new one. Don't know how I feel about that. I don't either, but I'm going to watch it anyway. Um, but I quote those all the time. So I like to think that this little boy one day is going to just walk around to people at school and go, munch, munch, I want your bones or whatever it was that Jen had been saying when she was with us. And just Jen has influenced a generation. I, I, I love the idea that this kid is going to like talk about long Furbies. And I, I hope like someday there's like a paper or a project or something where he can bring in a long Furby. And I'm in. Okay. Anyway, uh, rate and review us as well. Um, if you love all this wonderful content, that's very rambly and rabbit holy. But hey, we all learned something today that Stephen Flaherty uh, did that the music Stephen for Flaherty Am- isn't a Mick Flaherty and that he also <laughs> isn't Alan Menken. Yes, that is true. All right. Um, yeah, let's get on out of here. Um. <laughs> See, it's not funny if I don't have a, an exit song. Um, um, wait, I can, uh, no, 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 okay, no, no, okay. I can do it. Okay, um, okay, okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to vamp until Chris is ready. He's thinking. His mind is working. Uh, the steam is coming out of his, his ears. Okay, this isn't going to be great, but... Um, so now we leave you here, full up with so much cheer... Thank you for listening to Discontinued on Display. Bye, everyone. I found it. Thank you for listening to a Sorcerer Network podcast.